Hi, my name is Susan. I've been arrested 32 times just for listening to people talk with each other. The problem was I used to hide in the bushes outside the windows of people's homes to enjoy listening to strangers talk to each other. It's just something I like to do. I get bored and lonely sometimes, you know. Hey, Susan, don't do all that. There's another way to enjoy random conversations? Now, thanks to the podcast show, I can enjoy listening to conversations with strangers and learn something new every week. No more listening outside the window just to enjoy a good conversation. Tune in weekly on Wednesdays and subscribe for updates on your favorite platform to the Toddcast show and help our podcast family continue to grow and share around the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toddcast show. My name is Todd Mira, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. The Toddcast show is dedicated to exploring the human condition through conversation with strangers. We explore the positive, interesting, and oftentimes shocking side of human nature. In each episode of the Toddcast show, I talk with strangers in a down-to-earth, old-school, and heartfelt way about their life. Nothing is ever scripted, everything is spontaneous, positive, and we never discuss politics. You won't know what to expect next. Join in the conversation to laugh, love, learn, and grow with others around the planet. Who will I call next? Tune in to find out every Wednesday at midnight Pacific or for playback anytime on your favorite podcast listening platform. And stay connected with us at ToddCastShow.com. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Toddcast Show. Today, we're joined with Brigida. Hello, Brigida. How are you? Hey, Todd. I'm good. How are you? Oh, doing great. It's good to hear from you. Where are you calling from? Atlanta, Georgia. Wow, Atlanta. What's it like there today? It's cold. Man. It's freezing. And they say the South is nice and warm around this time of year. It's mm-hmm. not. No, no. The only place I, I work for TurboTax during the day, and I get to talk to a lot of different people. And so far, the only people that aren't wearing jackets are in Florida. <laughs> yes. I talked to someone in L.A. this morning, and even they are, are freezing and are cold. Yeah, it's crazy. Interesting, interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't buy into all the weather, doom and gloom and all that stuff. I just think it's cyclical. What do you think? Um, I I don't know what to think at this point because I'm originally from Germany. And when I talked to someone in Germany this morning, um, <laughs> they, they, are, they are not wearing jackets, which it would be a very normal thing to do around this time of year. And uh-huh. yet over here, we are wearing jackets. So it's kind of flip-flop. So I really yeah. don't know what to think. That's interesting. And speaking of which, I wanted to dive into that, um, which I think is very interesting. Actually, you came from another country. You came from Germany, right? That's correct. Yes. And, and so you were born there, I take it. Whereabouts? I- I was born and raised in a small village uh, surrounded by vineyards in the south of Germany. Um, Some people might be familiar with Stuttgart, uh, where two great cars are manufactured, uh, Mm. Porsche and Mercedes. And and then on the other side is Heidelberg, 
which is known for its castles. And I'm like mm. smack dab in between uh, the two big cities in a wow. very, very small village. <laughs> that sounds amazing. In between two vineyards. So you've developed a uh, terrible alcoholism condition. Nope. <laughs> I'm no. kidding. I'm kidding. See, totally when, kidding. When, you grow, when you grow up with um, availability to wine, in my case, it's just something very normal. And I didn't drink wine until I was 25. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. And I agree completely. Yeah. It's sometimes those things that are off limits that we tend to want the most yeah. in our yeah. crazy human nature. And so yeah. as a child in, in Germany, did you have siblings? Both parents were together, I take it? Yeah. Both of my parents um, were together till the very end. My dad passed away 10 years ago. I grew oh. up in a very religious home. My dad was a missionary. Um, oh. I have two sisters that are 10 years older than I am. Well, one's nine years older. The other one's 10 years older than I am. And my mom, um, whom I actually visited yesterday, lives in the States now, and um, she lives up in Tennessee, so it was a two-hour drive for me to go and, and visit her. But yeah, it was an interesting time growing up in Germany in the 80s. Um, I, <laughs> my husband and I just watched uh, Pretty in Pink the other day, and I'm totally mm -hmm. reminiscing going back in, in time. But I, I, as a young German girl, I wanted to be Molly Ringwald. I adored mm -hmm. her. I, I loved the American lifestyle. And um, that was like a dream of mine when I was a little girl. Oh, my gosh, if I could be in the States and, and live the American dream. Was it Pretty in Pink or Sixteen Candles where they got the underwear and showed it in the uh, bathroom? You know, um, oh, that was sixteen candles. Or was okay. it Breakfast Club? Yeah, right, right, right. They're all kind of always. Monsters. They all go together, right? Like I was the guy. They all that go was together. Going, you're the guy. You're the one that wanted to be Molly Ringwald. I was the person that was trying to get your underwear. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. When I was in high school, um, and, and luckily I was very, very successful. But. Um, that was the 80s for me. I graduated in 1990, just to give you, I'm 51 years old myself. Yeah, uh, I'm a year ahead of you. I graduated right a year, yeah, a year ahead. And, um, you know, they people say things about traditional schools in, in the U.S. Honestly, they're not a lot better or worse in, in Germany. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. I went to private school for part of my, well, most of my time, actually. I started out in kindergarten, and then um, I got uh, teased and bullied a little bit. And then so somehow or another, I ended up standing my ground and told my mom, I'm not going back to that school ever. If you drop me off there, I'll run, I'll run away. And she knew I was serious. <laughs> so next thing I knew, I was uh, going around looking at private schools. And I ended up in a private school for most of my time. Um, uh, from the first until the ninth grade, and um, it was actually good for me. But it was also where I lost my virginity and learned to smoke weed. So I mean, you know, you've got to <laughs> pick and choose. But <laughs> private school, public school, there's really no remedy um, in, yeah. in terms of that. And you know, it's it's interesting that you say that. I got bullied. I had like 
the 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 Coke the Coke bottle bottoms as my glasses, and I had uh-huh. big big old Jordache glasses, you know, as we know them from the '80s. And yeah. um, I got I got bullied. I was overweight. I didn't like uh-huh. myself. And and my mom said, "Suck it up, Buttercup. You're still going to school." So yeah, I stayed in I stayed in public school. Wow. Yeah, I don't know what would have happened if I would have stayed in public school. All I remember is something really weird happened one day and everyone was laughing at me. I was a little kid and it was really strange. And then uh, somehow I fell in the mud or something. And then another time I got a a bloody nose, apparently. I didn't know it. And I remember those little video things. We'd all sit in front of it and they'd put the little film in and the cassette tape and push the button and it would go beep every time it would change. (laughs) I don't know if you remember that, but that's how it was in our school. Well, one day I'm sitting there and I went to sneeze and I remember just, it's strange, this was in kindergarten, but I remember sitting there and the teacher all of a sudden like freaking out as I'm getting ready to sneeze. And when I sneezed, blood everywhere. Like I I sneezed all over the monitor and it was really gross. And that was pretty much the end of my public school experience (laughs) until high school. Was that... Was that like an English lab? Uh, no, you... it was just one of those weird things that they did. And, you know, it's like uh, they take all the kids and just set them in front of a monitor. I don't remember what we were learning, but it was one of those, you know, early education before projectors even. It was like a little box that, you know, that we had that, you know, you'd put this film in and it would do the video and then a cassette tape would go along with it. And, you know. Huh. Old school stuff. I don't know if they had that in Germany. They probably had something nope, much smarter not, than that. Oh, really? Yeah. Nope. We did not have those. We we did have English lab where we would learn uh, English in an in a. Well, we learned for the ones that learned English. We learned English for the ones that learned French or Spanish. They learned that language, but mm. sounds like similar. Where we would, you know, we'd have big these big headphones and we would uh, push one of these big big gray Mm. buttons and then we would have to record ourselves saying hello my name is Brigitta wow I live I live in Kranchen how are you (laughs) that's how how it would go (laughs) wow that's cool so that you were learning English as a child yeah you in Germany um you when you uh start fifth grade so um upper uh what would that be? It's not upper elementary. It would be like um, high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would. It would be mandatory to take one, maybe even two language classes. And now, for already, I want to say twelve years, um, they start learning English at first grade. So you, you, when you go to Germany, you will find people that will understand you. And it's mostly the younger generations that will really understand you. That's amazing. Like the, yeah, the the um, the baby boomers uh, probably will not understand you, and you know if you don't make an effort in speaking German, they will not oh, even yeah. look at you. Yeah, I understand that. Um, and so, just venturing way way back, what's your earliest memory as a child in Germany? Oh, what's my earliest memory what's the earliest thing that you can think of in your mind um well i remember because it was a 600 people village and we had a big big 
uh, garden and yard, I remember picking strawberries. We had a big uh, Great Dane uh, mm -hmm. who I remember f thinking that he was my horse. His name was <laughs> Lupu. We had and one he too. Was Same thing. Humongous. <laughs> oh, he was funny. humongous. And he was the kindest dog, but he was only kind to women and to children. He hated men. Mm. So I would just, um, I think one of the earliest memories, I must have been two, um, I decided I'm going to take a walk with Moro and I would just start walking, you know, the gravel roads around the village and um, my mom would be looking for me. And of course, the memory continues to live on from the stories that my mom has told like 500,000 times. Yeah. <laughs> but she would she would go around the village and say, have you seen Brigida? And of course, everyone knew Brigida and the dog. And then apparently one person that came from another village said, oh, you mean this big dog and this little blonde girl? Yeah, uh -huh. they were working. They were walking towards the other village, and that's where she grabbed me. <laughs> ah. I thought I was just going to be independent and walk the dog, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. Very cool. Very cool. So would you say that you had a happy childhood other than the stuff that happened at school? <laughs> I had a very happy childhood, um, a very protected childhood. And, and at the same time, I couldn't wait to get the heck out of the the village it was just very um very narrow-minded and i still have friends and i love it i go back when i you know and i go back once or twice or maybe three times a year back back home um and i go and visit my friends because i still have a pretty big friend group that still lives there they mm -hmm. have had their children and their children are not growing up and and they're growing up in the same protected little environment um, and I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted that anyone would want to stay, but they love it. Some of my friends inherited, uh, vineyards there, um, and continue to, to work the vineyards there. The wine is absolutely phenomenal. Of course I'm biased. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did have a good childhood. I, um, I was the, the youngest of three and, mm -hmm. um, I liked, I liked, growing up there. And, and I also am so grateful that, um, that I was able to get out of that small minded, um, narrow minded thinking mm -hmm, of the mm -hmm. village. Yeah, totally. And, uh, when was your first relationship, your first relationship with like a boyfriend or something? Or the first relationship was, well, I had many relationships and I, I kind of count them in uh, growing up, um, I was kind of the leader of the pack of all of the kids in, in the village. And we mm -hmm. went to kindergarten together. We walked there. We're pretty, mm -hmm. we're pretty independent. Um, and I never had really, I never had the desire to be in a relationship until I went, <laughs> until I went to go sailing in the Northern part of Germany, which was like, a gosh, eight to 10 hour drive. I really can't remember how long it was. And I was 15 years old and I went to go sailing with my sister and we uh, slept in tents up in the, uh, uh, it's a little island called Fehmarn in the very Northern part uh, of Germany. And there was a guy who was sailing with us and he was cute, but he was from the North. I was from the South. There was a big 
dialect barrier because um, the Germans from the South are often considered as rednecks. <laughs> and, and he was from the North where you would, uh, when you hear people, German people speaking from the North, they think they speak high German. They have their own dialect, but they speak oh. a, a clearer German than the people from the wow, South. Wow, German so, rednecks. What a weird idea. Yeah, I know, I know, but uh, kind of people make fun of this, this uh, Swabian. I didn't, I didn't even dialect. know they use that term in other countries. Like we have rednecks. They here don't. Where I they live. don't. It's 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 me describing something um, that country. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For cool. sure. For sure. No worries. No worries. Well, this, the, the Swabian. We we make the best. We make the best foods. We have mm -hmm. there's differences in foods from the north to the south, and then within the south as well, but we definitely make the best foods. And again, I'm biased. So relationship, that was the first one that I wanted, but then mm -hmm, that kind mm -hmm. of failed. Mm -hmm. um, when did the was, first one land for you? The first one landed probably when I was like 17 and I started going to school elsewhere uh -huh. uh, when I finished high school. And um, I kind of discovered what else was out there in the world. Right. Yes. 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 I, I don't know how girls do it, but I found that through adult magazines and my, my brother's secret stash. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we all discover things in different ways. Um, it was that a healthy long-term relationship. Did it last? How did it work out? Uh, it lasted for three years. Cool. It That's was, a, yeah, I don't know if, if one can call it healthy when you're that young, <laughs> It was learning. It was mm -hmm. a good learning relationship. And I'm glad that I went through it. And mm -hmm. I'm glad that I got the learnings out of it. Um, we're not in touch anymore. Um, although, you know, probably would be fun reaching out and seeing yeah, what we're doing. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and when I say healthy, like in my mind, I think back to relationships that I've had and if they're based in love, you have a lot of passion and you really care about each other and you only fight when it's really necessary and the makeup is totally worth the fight. Those things make it healthy in yeah. my opinion. You know? Yeah. I did go, I did go to the States. I, uh, I was an um, international exchange student and I did go to school in the States um, for a few months mm -hmm. and he visited me and that's when it was apparent for me that oh my gosh, the world is open to me and I'm kind of, I felt stuck. Mm. And I've, because I've, I, I felt stuck before in a village, I felt stuck in that relationship and I thought, hmm, I know what that feeling feels like. I don't like it, so I got to change it. And mm. that's when... But was, <laughs> it, was it an illusion that you were stuck or was it really that you were stuck? Because no, I was stuck. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was stuck, and 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 I was and I was keeping myself small in a small-minded uh, relationship. But if, uh, you know, I, I didn't know that while I was in it until I left, until I came to the states the first time, and mm -hmm. um, and just experienced other things. I mean, tra right. travel, travel will do that to you. Yeah, yeah, it certainly will. I mean, if you're looking for that, personally, I'm very happy not traveling anywhere. Like, I mean, I'll drive or whatever, <laughs> but 
I'm not getting on an airplane. Like I can't even imagine what it would take to get me on an airplane. I do not. Really? Like, That's I, interesting. I am scared to death of it. And not only that, but like it makes me sick and I get sweaty and like, yeah, ah, that's just in turbulence, you know, it's like, I mean, ugh. yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. And I mean, I hate to say that I live by fear, but I, I mean, I kind of do and I kind of don't, but I'm okay with it. You know, it's like, I really don't care. It's like, I love different people and stuff, but man, we got enough cultural diversity in this country to last a long time. If I can't discover somebody from another country in the United States, I'm, I'm living under a rock. So you know, it's like, I don't really need to go anywhere. It's like, there's other people that are here. And to me, that's enough. You know, I know it's not enough for everyone, but, you know, I wonder what that is, that difference that we have, you know, and sometimes I'm just curious why some people need to like really get out there and see and experience and others are happy just being, you know, in the house and around the property and like, you know, drive into town every now and then. I live in the country, by the way, super rural. So, so why do you, so is, is there an answer to that question? Because it sounds interesting. I'm curious. I, maybe we could explore it for a few minutes. I mean, it just sounds like something worth figuring out. I'm, I'm just curious, you know, and sometimes uh, I'm single at the moment. And so when I look through dating profiles and things like that, and I see people who want to travel, I automatically pass them up. Because, <laughs> like, you know, it's the last thing I want to do. And it seems like the first thing that a lot of other people want to do. So I wonder what that is. You know, is it something missing or is it the sense of adventure seeking? What do you think it is? I think that it, it's as different as people are. And a lot of people think that um, we can um, make one human appear as every human and I personally believe that there are preferences within each and every one of us and that we cannot be put in a box so mm -hmm. um, I, I dare judge that but the box I, I if it's a box like to me my box is the property where I live and uh, maybe there's a little tunnel going to another box in town because it takes like 20 minutes to get to town for me but you know, the size of the box, that's the question. It's like, are you really limited or is it just the perception of the constraint, you know, from some other, you know, we always have reasons for things, but that's what I was kind of digging at is I wonder what the real reason is underneath it all, like what the real reason is, you know. And then, and then what are you going to do with that? Because I think each individual person is going to have a different reason. So, mm -hmm. you know, being, being interested in the other person in what they value and what they don't value, that helps them, that helps you build relationships, that helps me build relationships. And it also helps you and helps me define, do I want to have a relationship with that person? Like you said, if you're, you know, if you're looking to build a relationship with someone, but they don't value the same things that you value, they'd rather be in Thailand rather than, you know, being at home with you, maybe cooking a home-cooked meal, then there's no mutual values, and then why even do that? But see, in my mind, it's like the compromise would be, well, hey, I know how to cook Asian food. We'll just go to a Thai restaurant or have a meal at home. <laughs> so yeah. if you really want to go to Thailand, great, we'll just pretend. But I, I'm kidding, of course. I know it doesn't suffice. Um, 
you know, my uh, oldest brother is one of those people that um, just really thrives on travel. He's been all over the world. And gosh, I think when he was doing his thing, he was logging a million miles a year in the air travel. And that's a long time in an airplane and a lot of destinations. So it's like, I mean, I had a chance to go to South America and I passed it up uh, because I couldn't speak the language and he wanted me to go to college. Like, and I don't know, man, I saw myself getting killed down there, like trying to go to college without speaking the language in that country. I don't think so. Like he had to drive around in a bulletproof car and things like that. He was an executive for a big company and whatever. But like, yeah, that was the closest I got to that. Otherwise it was Mexico. You know, I've been to Mexico a few times, love it down there, but you know, it's a whole nother world now. It's not safe like it used to be back in the day. Um, or maybe it is, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to find out. <laughs> yeah. So that's okay with me. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's, uh, everyone does what they can do best with what they value most mm -hmm. and make a decision out of that. Now, um, <laughs> when you said, you know, that your brother wanted you to go to a different country, my daughter moved back to Germany and took her U.S. boyfriend who grew up in, um, well, in several places, but the last place he was was in Lakeland, Florida. Oh, yeah. um, my dad was born and died there. Yeah. And um, they decided that they were going to move to Germany and Speaking of relationships, they mm -hmm. they come and they go, and theirs ended in Germany. And he he called me and he says, "What do I do?" And I said, well, "What do you want to do?" And he says, "Well, you know, what are my what are my options?" And I said, "Well, you tell me what are your options." He said, "Well, I can stay in Germany. I don't speak the language, or I can go back to the states." And I said, "Where in the states would you go?" And he said, "Well, I would go back to Lakeland." And I said, "So." <laughs> when you go back to Lakeland, where are you going to live? Well, I'm going to live with my mom. And I said, how are you going to get around? Well, I would have to buy a car. And I said, do you have money? And he says, well, I got a job here in Germany, but I don't have a job in the States. So I'm going to start all over yet again. And I said, so what is the conclusion that you're, that you're drawing from all of this? Do you want to live with your mom? Do you want to start all over again with finding a new job? Do you want to, you know, work for the next year until you've saved enough money to buy a car? Um, and and he came to his own conclusion and said, I'm going to stay here. I got everything here. I got health insurance. I can go get my teeth clean and not have to pay for it. I can go and if I needed to go, you know, see a, a a, a therapist, if he doesn't need that, but if he would need that, he that all is paid for. He's got a great job. He's got public transportation. He can go anywhere. And he, he came to this own conclusion. He goes, oh my gosh, I have all of this here. I would be silly mm -hmm. to go like 10 steps back. And in the midst of it, he's learning the language and um, I've been supporting him. Although the two of them broke up, um, my daughter and, and him were, you know, I'm still supporting him because I think it's very brave of him to do all of those things. It's not easy for sure. Yeah. Gosh. Wow. Yeah. That would take a, I can't imagine doing that. I would never do that. Like it's hard enough to think about somebody moving in, you know, <laughs> it's like, I can't imagine leaving the country with somebody. Wow. That's heavy. 
That is really something good for them. Well, I'm glad it all worked out, and at least he's got somebody to support, because, uh, boy, I'll tell you, it's rough when you're alone, and if you don't have anybody to turn to, really, it's difficult. So it's good that he had you to get him to self-reflect and stuff. And that's the other funny thing is we typically have all of the answers, you know? It's like people struggle with problems and stuff a lot more than they realize. Like if they just took a minute and did a little inventory and all that, they find the answers within their own selves. And, mm -hmm. you know, the answers are not always outside, are they? They're something that's developed inside, right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. And so... um you know, you came over from Germany and moved into a whole new world in the United States. What would you say would be the biggest things that stand out in terms of, you know, one country versus the other and how your life is different here versus how it was there? Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, where where do I begin? Um, right. Well, first, the America, and that's, you know, growing up, looking at Molly Ringwald and... and <laughs> and all of the 80s movies, um, it's true. America is the land of opportunity. It's the, it's the, if you put your mind to it, it's got enough resources where you can make it. Germany, if you would go to Germany and say, hey, I'm going to, you know, build a business in Germany, that would be rather hard, even as a German. Now, coming from abroad, building a business in Germany is even harder because Germans are very bureaucratic. Like, they will kill you with paper and a pen or just huh. print, print, it, print it out forms. Interesting. Um, but on the flip side, it was rather simple for um, my daughter's boyfriend to get a visa to work in Germany. I have I, I have both citizenships, but I have tried to um, assist my niece to come and work here. And there was like a nine-year wait period for me to sponsor her to, to work here. And she finally said, you know what, just forget it. Wow. So there's, there's, I can't say that one area of the world is better than another. Um, when when I bring Americans to Germany and we do like masterminds and, you know, they, we would use the public transportation, which is a very, very common thing to do for anyone. It's not just for someone that doesn't have money for a car. You will mm -hmm. see everyone of, of any class use the public transportation because no one wants to stick in traffic for hours and hours and then look for a parking spot. Um, mm -hmm. They're children. They're children with their little, you know, backpack from school. They might be seven, eight, nine years old. They, they're, they're using the public transportation without an adult. They know how to maneuver around and go home, and hmm. it's safe enough. I would not imagine a German family coming over here. And you know, I'm in Atlanta, and we have Marta here, which is. Oh not, no! 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 Don't not, don't let him do that. A, which is not a very well built out uh, public transportation platform in the first place for a big city like Atlanta. But yeah, I mean, danger, I, danger. Yeah, <laughs> no one would do that. So, 
So again, you know, you said Mexico earlier. We don't have to go to Mexico. We can stay right smack dab here. That's there right. are places that are in comparison to other places are not as, I'm going to put it in air quotation marks, safe. Right, but then, you know, when you know how to deal with within that situation, you mm-hmm. also know how to keep yourself safe. Yeah, to a certain degree. I mean, I, I, I agree, and I feel you. It's been a long time since I've had to live in the city. I've been in the country, for the most part, for the last 17 years, and I like it. And uh, it honestly, this feels safe, even though it's boring. I'm I'm honestly not sure I could ever live in a city again. Like, I just don't feel it, you know? And um, this might, you know, I, I hope this doesn't rattle your cage or anything like that. But being in Arizona, you know, a lot of us carry guns. And I've been a very responsible gun-carrying citizen for this 17-year period without incident. And it's thank God, you know, it's like thank God. But things happen, you know, things happen all around. And not here, uh, but yeah, it really freaks me out thinking about moving to a city again and you know, having some jackass try to rob me or something like that. (laughs) It's just, man, and it happens so often, you know, and I used to spend a lot of time in the Bay Area and San Diego, I came from there, and um, man, they're just not the same places. And then other places, you you know, that used to be like really great chill places like Colorado, Colorado Springs, and some different places in Colorado, for example, in Portland, and Washington, I just don't understand what's happening. It's so hard. You can be as streetwise as you like. Like, a bullet doesn't care. Like, I mean, somebody can shoot you from literally a half a mile away. So, you know, that's the crazy part. It's just so scary thinking about all that to me and not living in it anymore. It really, you know, it speaks to me a lot. You know, it's like, it just, it's not the way it used to be. I mean, do you notice any of those kind of changes? Like, do you see it or, I mean, are you just too darn positive to notice or what? <laughs> no, um, I, I notice and I notice, you know, I talked to my husband this weekend uh, when we were discussing how it was back in the days to today. Yeah. I mean, back in, back in the days, you know, everything was better. The pretzels were 10 cents in the bakery and nowadays yeah, yeah. they're, they're, a, they're a Euro 10 cents. <laughs> so, I think we can reminisce about how it was, um, or we can um, be a, a um, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, oh, and a I'm responsible, not re- a I'm responsible not re- citizen. You're exactly right, and, and I'm not reminiscing. Just so you're aware, like I, I noticed it. <laughs> I am. I, yeah. I like the times when the pretzels were ten cents. Well, what I mean is, like, um, maybe it's just because we're getting older. You know, when I was younger, I really didn't think about any of this stuff, and I wished I did. But you know, as I get older, I realize, you know, wow, society's changes and different things. Like it's becoming more apparent to me in different ways that I wasn't even aware of, you know? And so it's kind of mind boggling, but it's also just one of those things. It's like, wow, this is new and different. And, you know, um, wow, that's a lot of violence. You know, it's like, I just don't get how that's even possible. And, you know, that sort of thing. It just doesn't make sense to me, you know? Um, 
always been a believer in love, you know, and not hate and violence and all that stuff. And <laughs> there's a lot of hate out there. That's all, you know. Yeah, it, that that might be true. And I don't play part of that. And mm -hmm. I don't take um, I don't take hate as part of my um, as of my portfolio and, and no one in my family does. We, um, you know, we, we came into this country as immigrants. We, um, are not from here and yet we, we, we feel that we belong here. We feel that we are a part of the community that we live in mm -hmm. and we live in the city. We live in Atlanta. We don't live in, you know, little places outside of uh, mm -hmm. Atlanta, like Alpharetta or Roswell or, or Marietta or such. We live in Atlanta and we love it that way. And mm -hmm. we, um, we are not fear driven. And we have, you know, two daughters. One is 17. She learned how to drive it on Atlanta highways um, and interstates, which they're nuts all by themselves. Yeah. Um, and a 20 year old, right? But they've also grown up over the summer when they were, you know, uh, in, in during summer break, which we had for three months, we would go over to Germany and they would go to school there and they would learn how to use the public transportation and they would mm -hmm. learn, you know, how to do the everyday stuff in, in Germany. So, um, I don't, I don't want to say that they're doing, that they're getting the best of both worlds. Um, they're seeing both sides and they're, I think that's not good. That's healthy. Yeah. That's a good thing though. It creates balance. And, uh, yeah, I could see that. That's a benefit in that regard. I, I wished I traveled and stuff cause it would probably open up things a little bit, but, uh, whatever, you know, it's not for everyone. Different strokes for different folks. I always say that's right. Um, that's right. That's, and that's okay. Yeah, like, right? I, like I said, we're, we're humans. We cannot all do the same thing and fit in the same box. That's not exactly. what we're meant to do. Exactly. And so speaking of which, um, you do something kind of special to help people in different ways. Speaking of being in the box, um, can you talk a little bit about what you do and how it works and all that? Let's, um, let's explore your world a little bit more on your current, uh, your current um, service offering, the things that you offer to people. Yeah, um, yeah, and I don't put people in, in boxes. I hate boxes myself. Oh no, we all want to get out of the box. Yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what I meant. <laughs> now, yeah. now there are some people that really, really enjoy the box that they're in, but it's not my job to take them out of their box and put them in a different one. So um, I, I help people find limitations and become aware of their limitations in their communication and in their behavior and. Um, they'll come to me when they realize that what they're either saying or doing or having or experiencing is holding them back from what they really want. Um, I, there are several laws that I teach, and one of the laws states um, that your communication is the result of what uh, the results, I'm sorry, the results that you're re receiving is the is in relationship to the quality of your communication. So if you're not getting the things that you desire, it goes back to your own communication, how you're talking to yourself, uh, the limitations that we have in talking to ourselves and in talking to others, um, the fears that we might have and becoming aware of them and starting to 
look at them and see what do I want to keep? What do I want to do different? What is it that I want in the first place? And how do I want it? And by when do I want it? So um, that's what I do. I, I train corporate trainers. I train individuals. Um, I certify coaches. And I love what I do. And, and Todd, I'll tell you why I love it so much, because I was my first client. <laughs> I mm-hmm. sucked at it. Although I have a degree in communications, I was bad at it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's funny how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, let me ask you this. Um, when you work with people, what's, uh, what's the, is there always like a first question that you ask or how do you find out if someone's the right fit? Because I know that, you know, not everybody needs, you know, or maybe they do. But how do you establish whether or not someone that comes to you is a good fit? The first, when they come to me, they already know that they are needing something. And then the one of the first questions that I ask them is, for what purpose? What are you going to do when you have what you think you need coming to me? And there are people that have said, oh, you know, when I'm a better communicator, I can manipulate others into buying from me, or I can manipulate, you know, girls or boys or whoever to go on a date with me. I do not teach that kind of specific person. Do people um, really, got, do people, re- do they really ask for that? Yes. Oh my God. That's ridiculous. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's got to be a win, win, win. When you, when I work with you and when people <laughs> work with us, it has to be a win, win, win. So a win for them, a win for whoever they are serving or selling to or wanting to have a relationship with. And then who else wins? Uh, community, family, uh, people that they're connected to. But if it's only a, hey, I want to communicate better so you can buy, so so I can manipulate you into buying from me. And buying is buying into being in a relationship, buying an idea or an opinion from someone, or actually a money exchange for a service or a product. Oh, yeah. There are plenty of people out there, Todd. Huh. Yeah, it seems awfully superficial and shallow, but, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, that's okay if some people want that. I don't think the word manipulation would be the right one. I think more of allowing communication and openness and authenticity. Like, it's funny how people dirty up such a clean and beautiful thing, you know. From what you just said, you know, it sounds like some people do anyway. Well, I want them to buy from me. Well... What you really should be saying is, I want them to get value from something that I'm offering. And what you know, what what they really should say is, how can I be of service to you? Yes. What can I do? What can I do? Because it starts out with me. What yeah. can I do to um, assist you in overcoming whatever it is that you're experiencing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. And, yeah. and that's an I statement. And when you can be good at I statements. That's the first step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I a lot understand. of people are you-driven. You need to do that. You're doing this. You, you, yeah. you, you. And with that you is an immediate pointing finger. That's so funny. Yeah, and I've been through all this stuff. Um, I've learned some really valuable lessons, and I've caught myself, and I had to check myself and change my perception of everything. And, you know, it, it took the help of a very gifted counselor for several years, and I've been very blessed by that experience. And 
um, I will say this, that, yeah, man, it's, it's ridiculous how we can fool ourselves into thinking that something really is someone else's fault when it's really our issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's not Absolutely. their issue at all. That's the thing. It has nothing to do with them. It's all you. And, and that's, so, a, that's a bitter pill to swallow and, and a hard thing to look at because it's so much easier, Todd, if we point fingers and say, but you, you're the culprit. That's your fault. Right. It's so much easier than looking mm -hmm. in the mirror and going, well, gosh darn it, what did I do? Yeah, and, and the, point of, the point of it is the uh, path of least resistance is one thing, but easy is another, and sometimes things of value take effort, and, you know, there's just no way around it, you know, so um, you do have to swallow that pill and deal with it, because if you don't, then you're living in a, well, I mean, you're, you're delusional <laughs> well you know you, you say people have to but actually they don't and mm -hmm. and that's the that's the the key thing here is a lot of people i'm going to say over 80 percent choose there is there is a conscious subconscious decision that they're not going to do the work mm -hmm. but then they wonder well why am i not getting the spouse or partner that I desire? Why am I not getting the paid gig that I desire? Why am I not getting the raise that I desire? Yeah. Because it's because it is hard. But then choose your freaking heart. Is it gonna mm -hmm. are is it gonna be hard for you to continue doing the same thing over and over again? Or are you going to choose the heart of actually pouring into yourself and learning and taking a very you know, close look in the mirror and go, what do I, what do I not know yet that I need to know? Or what do I, what am I not doing yet that I need to do? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Absolutely right. Yeah. And it's crazy. Um, do you think that more people struggle with this kind of stuff that are single or ones that are in relationships and married and things? No, like I don't think we can, but again, put that in a box. I think it, it, it's people that are single and people that are in relationships um deal with situations like that there are people you know any type of personalities deals with that uh female male young old uh millennial baby boomer gen x's gen z's they're all dealing with it we're humans mm -hmm. and until yeah. we decide as an individual i want to change something nothing changes Right, 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 right. Yeah, I totally understand that. Um, do you think that relationships are getting healthier in society or less healthy in this, in our society, the United States? Um, I think they're getting more, they're definitely more polarized, a mm -hmm. lot more polarized. And not just in the United States. I see it in Germany, too. And I can mm -hmm. only speak for those two cultures. And I'm pretty sure if we would, you know, bring someone in that's from Morocco or, or Spain mm -hmm. or France, mm -hmm. they would probably say the same. Our mm -hmm. relationships are getting so polarized by uh, religious opinions, by political opinions. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's all that, that now has a megaphone through social media. Social media. Yeah. And, and it just, it, it's just the, the fire spreads quicker. 
Remember, yeah. let's go, let's go back to the eighties. Oh you know, man, we would we would we would get on the phone. Ring, ring, to, ring. Yeah, to talk <laughs> to someone, right? Right. And yeah. we would actually have to sit on the wall because the phone line. Wouldn't yeah, allow it, to go it was before. so cool. It was so cool. I remember that. Yeah, I love those <laughs> days. I miss those days. I do sometimes. I do. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do, and I do not. Um, <laughs> I miss I, I miss the days reincarnation because of that. I don't want to go back being a teenager in the eighties. Yeah, no, that definitely not. But um, like, I mean, to me at least, and throughout my life, I've always, you know, except for this last, like, maybe it's Arizona that could be part of it too, for all I know. But like, all my life growing up, it was so easy to be in a relationship with a with a girl, and it was like healthy, and it was going good for the most part. I mean, there's a few that weren't so good, but for the most part, I've had really good luck and um, good fortune in that way. And, you know, up to seven, eight years and, you know, great. So, but like these days, it seems like the priorities have changed with people and they're not as interested in just the simple values and, you know, the things that people share as common interests and stuff. And maybe it is social media that's causing all that. To me, that's a very perplexing situation. Um, how do you, I mean, what would you say to somebody like, not necessarily myself, my issue is really only that I need to be around people. So it's like, I know what my issue is. I need to go find people. And so that's fine. You know, I'm good with that. But if someone is already around people, what would you say to them if they were struggling with something like that, where they're like, man, you know, it's like, try to put myself out there in the best way. And people just aren't responding. It seems like they're interested in something really different. Like, what would you say to somebody like that? Yeah, you know, it, I, I was in New York the other day and I took a picture while we were waiting for the, uh, what is it called in New York? Not the Metro, the, the not subway. The the subway, thank you. The subway. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and there was and and there there was a whole row of about thirty, maybe forty people just standing there, all with their heads down in yeah. their phones. Each and every one. So what I would want to say to them is look the freak up. Yeah. Look someone in the eye and say hi and make a connection and be and be genuinely interested in the other person. Yes. We live in a time where everything needs to be fast, right? The popcorn, oh my gosh, takes what, one and a half minutes? And we're standing in front of the freaking yeah. microwave yeah, waiting. Cook it on the stove, one and man. A half minutes. Yeah. Jeez, give it some time. <laughs> you know? We, we, we're, we're, we're upset that we have to stand in line if we're getting uh, fast food, if, if that's what you do. We, I don't, I personally don't, but mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. get frustrated because they're standing in line for fast food. Well, the, the quality is crappy and you got to stand in line. So it's not that fast after all, but we have learned to be such a, such a, an impatient society. Building relationship takes time. It mm -hmm. takes effort. It takes building rapport. It takes looking someone in the eye and just yeah. listening. Yep. It's, it's a, it's, it's a good thing to be vulnerable. And I don't know if people really understand what that means as much these days, the word vulnerable and what that really entails and, you know, putting your selfies, like all the pictures have you smiling just perfect. And oh, that outfit is so cute. And oh my God, there's a dolphin there. It's like, I mean, you know, all these crazy pictures people take of their best moments and they present those as their normal selves. And I think that's what people miss is that we don't have to measure up to this imaginary 
standard of honestly fakeness and that's really what it is with a lot of people i think is they present the best part of themselves when they really have things they're struggling with that never get addressed because of the lack of relationship and things like that and um quite frankly at least for me that's what i hope to address i mean i'm trying to find my way doing this podcast but the goal of it is to help people to learn to have healthy relationships again because I happen to know that there was a different time and everybody interacted differently. So, you know, it's like something changed. Maybe there's a way that they can get something out of this conversation we're having that will allow them to go into their own little world and say, you know what, I'm going to put that phone in my pocket. Hey man, how you doing? You know, or wow, that's a lovely dress you have on. Where'd you get it? You know what I mean? Like it's that simple. And you know, all that. So, I mean, to me, we're speaking the same language, but in just different ways. And I think that's a very beautiful thing. And I agree with you completely. I really do. Um, And speaking of being in agreement, let me ask you this. What would you say would be the best advice that you could give society as a whole today in our country? If you were just given a moment where it was like, your message is going to be heard, Everywhere in the United States, what would it be that you would say to people? Yeah, because everyone wants to go faster, I say slow down, yeah. build, build rapport so you can then go fast again. Mm-hmm. But the, the fast doesn't come from just going on, just stepping on the throttle. It, it comes from slowing down and from being present um, and, and having a conversation with the other. And when I say the other, I mean people that you normally wouldn't have a conversation with, people exactly. that you that you would not necessarily um, have a, a normal conversation with in, in every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the love of humanity and all that really uh, sounds really cute, you know, when they talk about it. But in practice, it's uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. um, I think for a lot of people, it creates it creates a situation where there's some kind of a weird instinctual response that's programmed from God knows where. Um, but either way, it's just bad programming. And so, you know, the reality is that everybody needs love on some level. I mean, uh, barring the mentally ill and insane murderers and things like that and criminals, like, I mean, <laughs> you might want to be careful trying to love them. They might rob you or kill you, but You know, otherwise, there are people, you know, that we often overlook that, I mean, they could have used a hello today or a smile or, you know, maybe a moment where you stop and just talk to them. I mean, it really makes a difference, Um, especially with people struggling with depression, which I can tell you we're not going to go there today. But like I got a lot of experience with depression and overcoming it. And boy, oh boy, um, there are days when all it would have taken was just one nice and it happens every now and then. And when it does, it's like, you know, man, that felt good. And like, you can kind of feel it, you know, and it's really special. So, you know, yeah. people, should, people shouldn't overlook their ability to make a positive difference just by interacting with others, I think. Yeah. And, and how do you interact with others is the next question, right? There's, yeah. you, can, you can say, how are you doing to someone on Facebook and kind of, you know, tack 5,000 people on it. Or you can just do a quick video and send it to someone very specific and say, hey, you were just on my mind. 
How are you doing today? Or yeah. pick up the phone and call them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree more. And, and the how is tough, you know, and uh, I guess this is good to say. I, I should mention this um, just because it kind of seems to fit. Um, so, like, I've, you know, had a weird long thing with my family. I talk about it in other podcast episodes, but I don't really have contact with any family anymore. And um, they're all dead in the last three years. Just not the kind of people I want to have anything to do with. And so long story short, I have this cousin on my father's side and she's a very interesting lady. And, um, I haven't spoken to her in 20 years and, and it's uh, Christmas time. I was really depressed and having some pretty gnarly thoughts. And I was like, you know, I've got to, I got to try to reconnect and not just with her, but there was a couple other people too. And, I just hadn't talked to him in a long time. And so I reached out and uh, I told her, I left a message. I'm like, hey, this is your long lost cousin. I haven't talked to you in a long time. I just want you to know I miss your voice. And I really uh, wanted an opportunity to apologize for my behavior before because I was kind of an asshole. And, um, you know, at the time I was kind of an asshole. And, you know, I recognized that. And so she called me back and accepted me and gave me love and encouragement. And now we're getting ready to start a pod, another podcast together. We're, we're starting a new podcast. She's a doctor and a healer and very interesting lady, but we're doing something as a result of me connecting with her out of the blue mm -hmm. after 20 years. And then the same with another friend and, you know, Hey dude, I just, I recognize I was wrong. And, you know, I, I want to ask for your forgiveness. You know, I said, I hope that you'll be able to forgive me and, I'd like for us to pick up where we left off and God, thank God, you know, there's another one, you know, and now we talk all the time and it's great and uh, it really is worth it. So, I mean, I'm just dealing with my issues, but I know other people out there have things like that too. And it's really that easy to clean up. And then uh, there's another one I tried with another cousin, but she's scandalous too. And I knew she wouldn't respond, but I tried to do the same thing with a family member and, Oh, they weren't, they weren't having it. Yeah. They, they got too many secrets <laughs> to want to talk to me now. Um, but either way, I can tell you that like, it is really a good feeling. And for people listening, it's, uh, it's worth it to take an inventory of your relationships and see where you might be wrong and, uh, where it's important to step aside from your ego and your emotions and say, you know what? I am responsible for this and I'm going to own it. And I want to make sure that person knows that I didn't mean to offend them or whatever, you know? So, and that's just restorative stuff, but like new relationships are more fun because uh, you don't have all that baggage, you know? Um, but yeah, people, people could benefit from putting down the phone. I'd say that's probably the best advice ever. So, so simple, you know, it's so simple, but. You know, it's the dopamine hits. They say that uh, it's the mm -hmm. dopamine hits that come from that phone. And, you know, we get attention. And I notice it all the time. I'm always watching people and it's fun. But I remember yesterday, actually, I was standing in a, in a <laughs> you're a healthy food person. I could tell by what you said, but I was in a Panda Express and <laughs> I really like <laughs> really liked the orange chicken. And there was the mm -hmm. nicest girl standing there in front of me. And she's, oh, hey, you know, you know, whatever. She was just being friendly, but she had her phone in her hand. And I kind of looked to see what she was doing. And she was just scrolling up and down on pictures. And it was like, man, that's so weird. And it's like for that small moment, 
where she's standing in line waiting for her good food that she's about to enjoy, right? Like, you know, maybe not so great, but good, good to her, you know, taste buds like me. I love it, but it's garbage. Uh, you know, she's so stuck on that phone, man. She's like, you know, she could have been talking to me. It's like, yeah. or, or any number exactly. of other people. And it's like, you know, and I, I almost wanted to interrupt her just in a friendly, nice way, but like, I didn't want to make her uncomfortable or anything. And, you know, it's like people that do that sometimes are just, just kind of stuck in their zone, I guess. I don't know, but I encourage people to not do that. They should talk more. I agree completely. It's so healthy. <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a good Agreed. thing. Agreed. Mm -hmm. And so speaking of um, healthy things, as all good things must come to an end, we're at the last few minutes of our time together today. And I wanted to make sure that people knew exactly how they could reach you and what they can get if they choose to reach out to work with you and a little bit of a message you might share with people listening today. Yeah, um, people can simply find me by looking for my name or just going to my website. My name is Brigitta Höfele. I'm pretty sure, Todd, you're going to put it in the show notes. Absolutely. Uh, Brigitta Höfele. There's only one, so you're going to easily find me. Uh, BrigittaHöfele.com is my website. Um, Maybe we should for, spill it. I'll, let me do it for you. B -R, uh, be like boy, R-I-G-I-T-T-A. And then her last name is spelled H-O-E. F like Frank, E-R-L-E. There's no way anyone will figure it out unless they're German. I'd <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like to tell people you, you spell it just like you say it. Brigitte Höfele, very simple. Right um, or even simpler, if you look for Center of NLP, um, the, mm. the website is centerofnlp.com. NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. So N as in North, L oh, yeah. as in oh, yeah. Uh, Program. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that my listeners know about that. I didn't realize that you were into NLP. I, if we get to talk again, we have to dedicate time to that subject. I love yeah. that subject. <laughs> yeah. So centerofnlp.com is also a website that you can find me. And um, yeah, for anyone that reaches out through, um, as you are, are on this uh, podcast, uh, send me a quick email info at center of NLP and I'll um, make sure that you get a gift from us. It's Aww. the success loss checklist uh, that will help you to check in with, you know, what can I do better? How can I build better relationships? How can I be more present? How can mm -hmm. I communicate better? Absolutely. And it really all starts with just a decision. You know, it's a choice first and then it's one step, right? Just one step. That's right. And then one exactly. more step and then one more yep. step. And it just like over time you learn to run, you know, yeah. so that's the beauty. Hey, of it that's all. how we learn to walk. Right. Exactly. Yeah. After falling down a few times. <laughs> exactly. But see, here's the thing, though, Todd, as we're getting ready to close today, mm -hmm. no toddler has ever said, you know what? This whole walking thing does not work. <laughs> that's a scam. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go straight to the bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work like that for me. I can tell you, like, I got blood poisoning from the cat when I was learning to walk because apparently I tried to get on the cat too much. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, I remember actually at that time. I can remember from when I was 18 months old and it was right around that time, I believe, that I was learning to walk and I remember being... In a couple of situations like that, but at that age, it's crazy, weird stuff, man. But a beautiful yeah. thing. Memories are a very wonderful thing, and we should embrace them. 
Um, right. Definitely a healthy thing. Beautiful, Brigitta. I am so thankful that we had this time together, and I'm glad that, man, we stumbled upon some cool things with relationships. I hope people listening will take the advice that you have and uh, the things that we've discussed. You know, we just learned from our experience, and, you know, we, we've got to learn to change. And sometimes in that change, we've got to look at ourselves, and that's a big part of it. So reach out to Brigitta and let her help you do that. And you know, engage in that dialogue with yourself that will allow you to be authentic and, you know, as effective as possible. That's what it's about, right? Yeah. Awesome. That sounds great. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thanks today, for having Brigitte. me. My pleasure. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Toddcast Show. If you found today's episode helpful and meaningful, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's next. Remember that the Toddcast show is all about community and connection. So follow the podcast on your preferred social platform to keep updated on everything I've got in store. Also check out toddcastshow.com to find out more and stay connected with me, Todd Mira. Be sure to tell your friends and family about the Toddcast show so the podcast family can continue to grow and share on an international level. See you over on the next episode. Hi, I'm Todd Mira, host of the Toddcast show, and I want to share something personal with you today. Throughout my own life, I've struggled with issues I didn't even realize I had. Things like depression, past trauma, PTSD, and feeling disconnected from the people I loved the most. It took me hitting rock bottom to realize I couldn't fix myself alone. I needed help to unravel the tangled knots within my life, find myself again, and become stronger in the areas I was weakest. It wasn't an overnight transformation, but with time, I learned to change my thinking, my attitudes, and my entire paradigm for the better. I learned that it's good to ask for help, and that's why I want to tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the Toddcast Show. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and the best part, it's 100% online. You can participate from anywhere, anytime that works for you. It's simple to get started. Simply answer a few questions about your specific needs and personal preferences in therapy, and BetterHelp will match you with the perfect therapist from their network. It's really that easy. You can message your therapist anytime you need support and schedule a live session when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp is committed to ensuring that you find the perfect match to guide you along your journey to well-being. As someone who went through therapy and came out way ahead of where I started, I want to invite you to take this step to a healthier, happier you today. My life was transformed through therapy, and yours can be too. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is hand-picked for you, all at a shockingly affordable price. And as a special offer for our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by using the special link, betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. That's betterhelp.com forward slash 
Toddcast. You don't have to face life's challenges alone. BetterHelp is here to support you through the big and small issues of your life in a way that can really make a huge difference, both short and long term. Take the first step towards a healthier, happier you. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast to get started today.